This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. How do you feel um, stepping in for Nick now that you've seen him posting pictures of his dinner? Um, and and also having terrible Zaha-based opinions. How do you feel yeah. now? The dinner part, I don't care about. The Zaha opinions really bothered me, but, you know, that would that's always going to happen, isn't it? I mean, I mean, is it? Is it always going to happen that a, a fully grown adult says yeah. that Zaha needs a rest yeah. to teach him a lesson? <laughs> yeah, all right. Stay, stay off Twitter because that's exactly the opinions you get when you go on Twitter when Palace don't win a match. So, yeah. Yeah. All day, you know. I've, I've even read a couple of Vera outs, serious ones too. Is it time to consider oh. a new manager? So I mean, come on, that Zaha one wasn't even, um, you know, the best, or even it wasn't even the worst take of the day today. So no, are you gonna, no fair enough. Are you going to name? Are you going to name and shame? <laughs> oh no, I'm not going to name and shame because I, I, mu- <laughs> I muted the guy as soon as I read it. I muted it. That's what I always do. I'm very yeah. good on Twitter. If I, it's not that I, I don't have a problem with people having an opinion. Of course, you can have an opinion, but if I feel it's too negative, I don't want to constantly read it. So I'll either mute it, and if yeah. I continue to see, I just block you because I don't want to read about, you know, you being negative about Palace. I can be negative about Palace when I feel like it. I was a lot under Hodgson, not so much now. I was taking a whole new attitude towards it, but I don't want mm. to read other people's opinions. But you can have the opinion. I don't have to share it. You know, I don't have to read yours. So that's what I do. I just mute. But, yeah, you, so. but but that's but that's the thing that people miss with. Things like Twitter, isn't it? It's like you shouldn't get annoyed about how other people right. use it and go back at them back and forth with it. It's like it's, so, like it's up to you if you want to. If you're if you're managing your Twitter account, that's your Twitter account. <laughs> you you own it. It's yours. You can you, you you get to use it how you see fit. So if you block people because you're seeing their stuff constantly and you right. don't want to read it, it's not it's not a, necessarily a personal reflection. It's it's you using your Twitter account, right? Exactly. You know, yes, it is fun to block people just to get a reaction sometimes. Um, I think I've only ever blocked about eight people. Um, wow. Chris, you know? I'm, I'm not joking. I might have 60 people blocked on Twitter easily. Really? 60? Maybe more. Easily. 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 Because that's Kara, all they have to do, I'm not kidding. All they have to do is say something, have a really bad take on Palace like one week when we have it one. And I had yeah. to constantly read it. And I've seen, I'm like blocked. Because I want to see it again, you know what I mean? I just block, block, yeah. block, block. So I'll go into, I'll go into whatever you go into on the, on the setting and I'll see, oh my God, I yeah. blocked so-and-so. I'm like, I don't. But that's kind of like, that's the um, the whole that's the whole point I'm making. It's like you say it's negative on your mental health. So that's why you have the right to do that. 
Exactly. You know? Exactly. So it, but but it's the difference between social media and real life. So you can block right. someone on you can block someone on Twitter, right? Because they're because the way they express themselves on Twitter impacts negatively on you. Right. Which and you have a right to do that. But you can you can be nice, you can have a perfectly civil, nice conversation with them outside of that and even be friends with them and just say, Hey, I actually like you, but not on Twitter. Your Twitter persona is something that that's not good for me to read. And actually, you know, I know people like that as well, but I think again, it goes back to that thing, didn't it? Where people actually use block and mute and then they announce that they've blocked and mute and yeah, they use yeah, it as a I, stick. Yeah. They I'm use it as a stick that, to yeah. beat people. I mean, we've all yeah. done it. We've all said somebody's blocked. I actually, yeah. I'm looking now. I have so many more blocked accounts than I thought. <laughs> Oh, but, how many? But how many? I think I think oh, that this is people blocking me. Fifty-two. I, 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 no, I'm scrolling not. down it. I'm scrolling right. down it, and I'm. I can promise you, like most, not very few of them are Palace fans. Oh, okay. Um, I've how got people like Nigel Farage blocked. You know, <laughs> people oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Lawrence Fox blocked, and uh, you know that kind of people. What number are you? Where are you seeing the number? So if you go into like this is this is a great start to show. And if you go into the uh, your privacy and safety settings and you go to mute and yeah. block, yeah, you know you've got muted accounts, muted words. I'm tempted to read out what my muted words are, but <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I only Trump, have two. What's that? But I can only one of mine is Donald Trump is one of my muted words because okay, know, his four nice. years before you already in office, it was horrible. I, I have to, I have two and they're the Come same on, but one has got at in front of it um <laughs> i'm not going to say what it is but it's a palace account um oh. like a a um a palace fan account with content it's not fyp <laughs> <laughs> just to be 100 percent clear <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's yeah. I've got yeah, to share it's... mine because mine's so weird. Cool. I have Everton, Manchester United, Conor Gallagher, <laughs> Arsenal, Roy Hodgson, Wayne Hennessy, and Donald Trump. What is wrong with me? It's that funny. is so funny. Isn't that so what a funny. list that is? That is I, that is I, can, I can tell you why. I give it back to all, yeah. all of them, right? Everton was because of um, Frank Lampard went there. Mainly yeah. because I don't like Man United. Conor Gallagher, when people wanted Conor to come back, and I was like, you know, I'm tired of hearing, you know, Conor Gallagher come back, please. Arsenal, you know, my Arsenal hatred. Roy Hodgson, enough said. Wayne Hennessy, enough said. And I'm talking about Donald Trump already. So that is weird, though. Everton, Man United, and Arsenal. Roy Hodgson, <laughs> Conor Gallagher. I, I, do you know what? It's funny. I, like, I can't, I don't understand how I got to this point, right? Genuinely. But I, I couldn't care less anymore. Like, <laughs> I, I used to be in this, we used to talk about it on the show. It was like someone would tweet yeah, something negative at you and it would yeah. just stay with me. Like it'd be the one negative yeah. thing you heard from the week and it would just stay in my head and I'd think about it and I'd draft three or four replies and then delete them and then all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Now it just doesn't even enter my brain and, and people, just have, I think they've given up. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> DR's taking the whole the, the high profile now. <laughs> maybe, maybe he gets it. Um, and rightly so, he deserves it. So uh, He does. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to Back of the Nest. I'm Chris Hambling and I'm joined today by Cara Skipper and Patrick O'Connor for the Match Report. So we've had a very long 
uh, warm-up chat before the show, <laughs> so um, <laughs> we won't spend too much time talking to each other. But Patrick, late substitute in for Mr. Nick Gillard, who decided that dinner and uh, and bad jokes and bad opinions on Wilfred Zaha were, in fact, preferable to joining <laughs> us on the podcast. Uh, so thank you, and uh, good to have you on board. Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Just really quickly, I was uh, yesterday I spent the weekend in Philadelphia. They had a phil- uh, fan fest, so I went down there visit my son who's down, lives down there. So a lot of Crystal Palace fans from all over the country, Chicago, South Florida, California. And I got to not meet Ian Wright. I saw Ian Wright and he signed a shirt for me, which is really nice. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. yeah, absolute hero of mine. My brain would have melted completely, Patrick. So <laughs> I don't know what I've done. I've, I've, I've spoken to him on uh, when he had his show on Absolute Radio. I was a semi-regular uh, Palace phone-in guest on that for a while. Um, and that was always weird, you know, having, having a chat with him and, um, you know, talking, talking a bit of palace, but, um, yeah, it's not, it's, yeah, that's a, that's a fantastic thing. I hate to see how old he is now. Um, cause that feels yeah, weird, yeah. doesn't it? Isn't he, yeah. he must, I think he's 60 now. Why is he in uh, like um, 60? So a few years older than me. So yeah, got you. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> but you still look the same as you did at 21. So it's unfair. People do say that, which is weird. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Kara, um, uh, you were scheduled to be on the show, so you've not stepped into anyone, but thanks anyway. Pleasure. Always a pleasure. I was just That just made me think, um, have you ever blocked Ian Wright on Twitter, Patrick? <laughs> no. Um, I have three football heroes from Palace. Kenny Sanson was the first. Ian Wright was the second, and Wilfred Zaha was the third, so no, I would never have blocked Ian Wright. Even though he's not really... All Palace now, obviously they're also connection now. I, I love, I love, and still love Ian Wright. So no, no that's a shame. Um, Cora, you're in a caravan. <laughs> Care to elaborate? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's uh, my mum's caravan um, okay. down by the coast. Um, so here for the weekend, mostly to recover from the horrendousness of the experience of going to the game yesterday. To be honest, but yeah, yeah. And um, I appreciate, obviously, that Nick isn't on, so um, I'm going to have to ask you this question. Um, when you're staying there, is it referred to as the caravan? Wow. Double wow. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I've got nothing. I've got was, absolutely nothing for that. That was slightly <laughs> worse than I had anticipated that reaction would be. I can take... I can't. I can take a lot of things, but complete and utter silence is unacceptable. <laughs> apologies. Yeah, but not yeah, really okay. apologies. I, I feel like you're the one that needs to apologise for that. Um, I think about it. I'll, cons- I'll consider your point, and um, and I'll consider the disappointment on Patrick's face, and um, think about my actions. Uh, so yeah, um, yeah. I, was, I, I don't think I've really got anything to say. I know some of the. Um, some of the listeners get fed up when I talk about um, my my cats and or dogs. So, um, you know, I guess I'll, I won't share that news this week. It's sad, really. It's all I had going for me. But no, um, I, yeah, I, I think this week we're obviously focusing on a game that wasn't the best. Uh, we'll talk about some of the reasons why. But uh, before we do that, uh, just a little bit of news this week. Uh, first bit I'll talk about, and, and we, we can chat about the reasons for that and what we think of it, and, and that's that Crystal Palace Academy forward John Kamani Gordon won the Premier League Two Player of the Month, Player of the Month award in September. 
So this season, 11 goals in nine appearances, which is an incredible rate of return. Um, and as we know, this season made the bench against Chelsea, Leeds and, and Leicester. Um, not getting on in any of them, but um, I think, first of all, it's nice to see a, a player being rewarded for that excellent form by being exposed to the first team like that. And I know Patrick, obviously, is somebody who watches the academy very intently. Uh, he's a player we've talked about before in the past where, you know, he's got something about him. And we're wondering when he'll, you know, when he'll kick on. It seems like he's kicked on a bit. Um, and he's now training week in, week out with the first team. But a little bit of a shame not to get any minutes considering the amount of subs we can make. Yeah, um, I watched an interview with Chris Grierson on Palace TV Plus, and um, I love, love his personality. He seems very, very happy to have won that award, deservedly so, and to train with the first team. But you're right, he hasn't got any minutes. So uh, DR and I have these, sometimes we do these uh, uh, weekly shows, Palace News. And you know, one of the things I bang on about is the academy. In order for us to really show that we are progressing as an academy, we can't just produce players and win matches and you know win PL2 whatever we have to get these uh players a chance John Kimani Gordon's been in- injured le- uh, last season but really playing well this season I hope he gets some minutes at some point going forward yesterday we had Kofi Barmer and JK and there was and also uh, Ma- Alpha Ma- Malcolm Boys not academy but young players on the bench yesterday none of them got on yesterday but at some point hopefully we'll get some minutes because again if we're going to really progress the academy it can't be just producing and loaning them out they have to play for our first team at some point. Now, I suppose and, and on that, Cara, when you think about, I suppose, if you picked Mateta as the striker coming onto the pitch in the, I, want, I think it was the 76th minute. Um, I was going to touch on this later on, but I think he has had, let's say, five touches or maybe maybe less than that. I think it was five touches of the ball um, the whole time he was on. Um, was you know When you think about that, could could realistically bringing J.K. Gordon off the bench have been any any less effective? Do you think? I mean, <laughs> oh, hmm. I, there's so much to go into there. Um, yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't. Oh, this is maybe going to be controversial from what everybody else has been saying hmm. since yesterday. But I don't really blame J.P. Like, you can't no. stick someone on to a game that just isn't working with a midfield that isn't working as late in the game as he came on and really expect him to like I don't know slot into a system that there's just no slots in because nobody really knows what it what it is I'm not talking about in general I'm talking about just for that game so I feel like that's a maybe a harsh comparison I I don't know who you could Mm. have brought on unless they were just an absolute like lone wolf that could have done it all by themselves could have slotted into the way that we were playing yesterday and done any better than what JP did really yeah, poss- possibly my phrasing was wrong there. I was it was kind of a <laughs> if, if you throw him on because of most of the reasons you've mentioned already, it's not gonna it wouldn't have mattered if you'd thrown him on against Mateta. That wasn't necessarily disparaging against Mateta. It was more a case of saying, you know, you could have put on um me and um I probably would have had <laughs> five touches uh probably the ball hitting me as i fell over but you know that kind of a thing but i would have been as effective because yeah as you say nothing by that point was working at all but you know what i mean i was just saying you know, there's an opportunity there you know if you're not we clearly weren't chasing the game for reasons i'll get into later on i'm about to go into the match report straight away but um yeah anyway look jk gordon being very much rewarded um 
for his wonderful form. But just a little concern from my perspective that uh, you know, player who's playing so well, winning the, the Player of the Month award for September, he's not going to win it for October because he's up training with the first team, but not getting minutes, and and you know, that'll potentially make him less effective. When, you know, in terms of the regular game time he gets in the academy, so it's a really tough balance to strike. And I appreciate in the Premier League there are no easy moments to throw young players in. So I, you know, personally, you know, when when you have the number of subs we had, so you know, we could have made five, we made four. You know, there's there's probably five minutes at the end of that game where everything had just gone to shit. So I'd quite like to have seen J.K. thrown on there, and just given that that appearance, given him that 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 you know five minutes, and, and see how he goes. Um, Anyway, so moving from from very good news um, to not so good news, and, and Cara um, Palace women lost two nil to Sunderland today. You added it. Um, just wondering if you have any further insight other other than just seeing that result come in. Do, well, I didn't get to see the game unfortunately, um, but because you're in the yeah, car, man. Is, because I'm in the car, man. It's gonna work. Yeah. I'm gonna keep going at it. <laughs> God loves a trier. Um, but no. Uh, Sunderland are well they had one point going into this game um uh and not had a great start to the season we had a better start to the season but have struggled a bit um in our last couple of games so just not definitely not the result I think we would have been hoping for at any point but maybe they were looking at today to think okay we get like a good result against Sunderland and then kick on and forget about the couple of disappointing games we've had so far but you know we're still sitting fourth we're a point behind Charlton and London City who are drawing on points in second and third. Um, our next game coming up is going to be against Bristol, who are top of the table. Um, so I guess two ways of looking at that, right? Like you can look at it as a bit of a worry. It's going to be a difficult mm-hmm. game or a really good opportunity for them to kind of have that game as the comeback and uh, tighten that kind of points tally at the top Um and an opportunity to kick on for the rest of the season. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, mm. you know, as we've spoken about many times, it's a practically a brand new team. So um, even though we had a really good start in our first couple of games, I guess this this patch is always going to come um, as the team kind of settle into the season. So we just got to hope that it is that kind of a few blips along the way and they, they find their, their rhythm and their momentum again, I think. Yeah, for sure. And was it, I'm right, I think I'm right in saying Bristol City, did a pretty good job of us on, uh, on on us in the cup. Am I right? I think the WSL yeah. cup four, four yeah, or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Fun. Okay. Yeah. Revenge time. That's what it's all about. <laughs> okay. Well, that's uh, that's it for the news this week. So we'll get straight into the the match review now. And you know, obviously, we have to start with the fact that it was it was not a good game. You know, and. Um, I suppose I'm going to start with my my thoughts, and I, this case sort of I, I watched the game, and I'd been um I'd been out earlier in the day, and and I had to set the game and record because I knew I was going to miss the start of it, and traffic was awful, and all this kind of stuff, and I'm just oh god, so I got back and I'd avoided all spoilers, not that there were any, but I'd avoided all spoilers, sat down, started watching the game. Um, of about probably about twenty minutes had gone, so obviously you know trying to watch it as live, and I'm just about five minutes in. I'm like, I'm just gonna probably pop up to double speed here because uh, you know <laughs> nothing's really happening, and um, it's it's pretty frustrating. Uh, so you know, I got to be honest. I wished after catching up, I wished I could have watched the whole game on about thirty speed because that probably would have been just about bearable. Um, 
But anyway, so it sort of came to me afterwards. I'd almost forgot the game. I almost thought, I just thought like there was so little in that for me to focus on and, and probably by far and away the least entertained I've been watching Patrick Vieira's Palace. That I, I couldn't quite work out why it was. So I just started sort of thinking. And I just thought, you know what? You know, Lucas come out at the end of the game and talked about the clean sheet. And, you know, we've talked about having a, a couple of opportunities here and there. And I just feel like we went into that game with the mentality of, let's correct what's been going wrong. You know, what's been going wrong is, you know, coming under pressure late on in games, conceding goals, you know, being in decent positions and losing them. And, you know, and we've tried to correct that. And we did a better job. You know, Leeds probably did us a bit of damage ahead of this game because they came out and they pressed. And that's very much what Leicester try and do. They And I say try and do to be patronising because they don't do it very well. They're pretty terrible at it. Um, but we went into this game taking Elise out of the midfield, bringing in Jeffrey Schlupp. And we did that because that was probably something we should have done for the first half against Leeds to give us that little bit more uh, solidity in midfield um, and to just to make the game that little bit easier at the start when we were being pressed. So we came into this match thinking that Leicester were going to press us, thinking that we needed a, a better way of playing. And we did. We played better um, in terms of, of moving the ball that quick around the back, not allowing Leicester's press to affect us too much. There was no real panic or anything like that. But ultimately, we sacrificed the balance of the team in doing so. We allowed our worries about what Leicester could do to us impact our thoughts and process around what we could do to Leicester. And frankly, and Patrick, tell me if I'm wrong, I think Leicester are a bad team. I don't think they're particularly good this season. They're low on confidence. And I think we let them off the hook by worrying too much about them. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, they are a bad team. Most of their points, or all the points were, were at home, so they're not a terrible home team. But this season, just in general, I think they've stopped playing for Rogers for the most part. But what I will say is they do have some some threats. So Pats and Dakar's speed was a problem all all game. You know, that's how uh, Anderson drew his yellow card, which kind of early in his uh, mid, mid, mid first half. And I think Madison's a threat. I think Madison's a very good player. But what I will say about them, they were very, very smart. They targeted our weakest link, which was Joel Ward. And they did it consistently the entire match. Harvey Barnes had a field day on that side. It was a, it was ridiculous. So um, though Leicester is not a very good side, um, I think uh, tactically they, they they did a really good job. And I think we're lucky to have gotten that point, honestly, have, as poor as we played. I think that's fair. And, and Cara, was there anything at the you know, at the game, any feeling from yourself in general, whether, the, you know, when you saw the lineup and you saw the, as we kicked off the game and the way the way, you know, our shape and how we were approaching it, you know, what 
what was the initial feeling? Um, you know, did you feel like the, we should have picked, you know, kept Elise on the pitch and not made that change? And or was Definitely. it kind of a case of, yeah, okay. Definitely, yeah. No, that that's my 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 biggest kind of bugbear. I think. Well, to take it back to to the beginning, we all kind of stood in the waiting to go out uh, to our seats and looked at the lineup and was like, "Oh, okay, um, weird. Like maybe Elisa's got a knock or something." But like, fair enough. Let let's see what what happens. Um, but I think the overwhelming feeling that then never changed was like, this just doesn't really make sense. Like nobody could really look at it and be like, "What are you? What are you trying to?" to do here like what problems are you trying to solve and why are you choosing like those as the solutions my biggest frustration is that I feel like you know you've got a Leicester goalkeeper who is not confident who like you know that if you put him under pressure he's going to make mistakes we've got JP who could have absolutely terrorized him from the beginning and this isn't me saying that I thought Edward was bad by the way I didn't at all but I just felt like that was a perfect game for JP to have been used and to really kind of not just use his size and his strength but also like his kind of personality as a player to really kind of um go at the keeper basically that would have drawn some of the defence's attention onto him and away from Wilf, who was just double, triple marked the whole time, basically, until he got taken off. And people give him Wilf, like, shit for it. When, what, like, what do you expect if we've got basically no other threat going forward? That's not Wilf's fault. Like, And if he's then surrounded by three like three players at the whole time like what miracles do they to even expect him to perform so I my biggest thing was just frustration all the way through because it just didn't at any point seem to make sense it wasn't even like we could see what was trying what, what kind of that it made sense what we were trying to do but we just weren't doing it very well just none of it made sense really and like Elise not coming on until that late I just I will never understand what what the thinking behind that was and I think we saw it at the beginning there were like balls just going into kind of empty space with no one anywhere near and I don't know it felt at times it kind of felt like they almost thought Elise was going to be on and then pass the ball and realize he wasn't there you know like it was it was I found the whole thing just bizarre and very frustrating yeah, the thing about the one shot on on Danny Ward is is embarrassing to his highest level because he's he's it's not even debatable. He's the worst goalkeeper in the Premier League right now. I don't think there's. I mean, it's not even close. Then you know, we we did a preview show, and I think the stat was he's given up, I think twenty four goals on like forty three shots, something ridiculous. Like every other shot goes in the net. So that was poor. So, but with the starting lineup, that's weird because I didn't like it. All right, so I would have much preferred at least say are you. Sorry, Olise, Decore, and Eze, because of the fact that having used it against Chelsea, you know, give it three, four matches. So go, you know, let's get to like maybe Southampton. And if it's not working, you go back to putting in Schlupp. But like, like Hambo said, I think Vio overthought it and thought, you know what, if I can get the Jeffrey Schlupp who, you know, goes box to box, drives the ball forward, is decent defensively, can help out Decore in a tackling, it's going to work. And it just didn't work. And I heard someone say, you know, the Leicester fans worried because apparently Schlupp, I don't remember this, scores a lot against Leicester. Is that true? I don't remember that. That's, that's yeah. True. He does, yeah, you know, every once in a while. All right. So, so maybe that came to his thinking, but I really would have liked to have seen Olise, um, Ezra and DeCorey. I'll admit, I don't love it because I think they give DeCorey way too much work. And then when he's on a yellow card, yeah. he can't do what he does best. But I would have liked to have seen at least a couple more matches. Just keep, just let it keep going and see if it works again. If it doesn't work first half, do what you've been doing, you know, move Ayu into the middle and put Olise out wide. You know what I mean? That's a better option. But again, I t- that was the only thing that really bothered me. Again, Latin, obviously, that totally not bothering Danny Ward the entire match. 
Yeah, I mean something's wrong there. Like again, I can I can understand the in, the intent behind the decisions, you know. Um and you do start looking down the squad and start thinking to yourself sometimes, well, you know, there are, I I appreciate actually some in, in a lot of ways Vieira doesn't have many options when it comes to you know making big changes, um particularly if you're looking at a central midfield, but I don't know what what Will Hughes must have done you know, to to never get a shout in there. I, I don't I understand to some degree he has limitations. Um but I I, I again I, I don't know, does anyone have any clue why a midfield two of the Curry and Will Hughes with Eze around hasn't been tried? Because that feels to me like that could really work with comp- they got complementary skills. Yeah I think yesterday Hughes was uh, was ill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, but I agree. Sorry, yeah. Him not being ill, I definitely think it's worth a try. Could we try pretty much everything else, right? I mean, we haven't really started. We haven't started Luca, but we have yeah. started. We don't, again, this is the thing. Clearly, our midfield options are so limited. I mean, that is going to be the thing that's going to. If we don't have a good run into the World Cup, and then hence the next transfer window, that will be our biggest um, issue. We did not replace Gallagher. Muted word, by the way, on Twitter. Um, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> We really needed to have replaced him because, you know, Lewis O'Brien would have been a great option, Flynn Downs, whomever. But not, you know, just leaving ourselves with Luca, um, Hughes. I wouldn't say Jarrell, but we'll probably get to later. Hopefully he played great at left back. We don't have any options in there, you know, and that's an issue. And, you know, Schlupp, as, again, as, as good as he does play sometimes, it's just not a good option in there. That's why I wanted to see, again, I go back to, you know, put, put Olise in there, which, again, I would never even thought of, by the way, as a good option. Uh, prior to Chelsea, honestly, I'd rather have Matt Wyatt, but we have so we're so limited. But you're right, Hughes as a as an option, I think, is worth a try at this point. If he's healthy mm. and not ill, just give that a shot. Yeah, sorry, I, I got very general when I was rather than specific to that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, it's a good it's a good correction. Otherwise, yeah, we, we don't acknowledge the fact that Hughes wasn't available in this game. It sounds like I'm criticising Vieira for something he couldn't do. But no, I'm I, I just yeah, I, I mean, I, the combinations that he has. I appreciate why Schlupp gets the nod in there, but it just goes back to the the point when when I think about the limitations that we have in our squad. And you know, we've we've touched on all of them there to some degree because you know we we've got Schlupp is basically more often than not a first choice central midfielder, and that feels odd for a for a team trying to push top ten in the Premier League. You know, we have a situation where Tyreek Mitchell. It, you know, is getting knock after knock after knock, struggling a little bit, possibly carrying an injury. But you know, so we've tried Schlupp in that position for part of a game, didn't go particularly well. So on this occasion, um, Gyro comes on, and as Patrick, as she said, he's done really well there. You know, he's been a former player of the month at left back for Palace, but doesn't really want to play there, and it's the first we've seen of him this season. So there's not a great deal of competition out there. Um, and Joel Ward, right this moment, because of injuries, has got no competition at right back and is a weak link. I talk about it every week. I decided not to this week, really, but you brought him up. And, you know, he, you're right. Absolutely. He was targeted time and time again. And if you, as I said last week, if you want someone on putting his body on the line, doing last-ditch defending, tucked in from right back, Joel Ward is fantastic. 
if you want someone operating as a modern fullback, he is not that. So, you know, we have real problems in the squad that we haven't addressed. And last season we did tremendously well and a few players played out of their skins. But it's just got us that little bit, bit exposed with our tough start this season. Cara? Yeah, I was wondering what you guys think about um, the Mitchell scenario because obviously the, the kind of perceived... Um, wisdom at the game yesterday was that he was taken off like for having a knock or something but then in um the post-match uh press conference Vieira said that wasn't yeah. it he wanted yeah. to try something new and I was like what <laughs> like what? Yeah. probably would have been a better line from like press training point of view probably would have a better line just to have said he was injured to be honest uh, <laughs> but no I wanted to know what you guys thought of that and like what do you think he was trying then if it wasn't an injury or do you think that was a kind of cover for the fact that Mitchell is picking up all these kind of knocks I don't know what, what do you guys think well one I loved Vieira's honesty because like you Cara I would have rather he said that it was an injury because they did they did, took a knock in the first half but if that wasn't it but um Mitchell just had to, has been off it all season bar a couple of matches. I mean, they put a great ball in for um, Mateta in that game, when we uh, the Villa game, and had that great goal. But he really hasn't played well all season. But he's also, as Chris said, with Ward, has no, there's no competition for him. So he doesn't have to be on it. He might be carrying a knock and maybe Vera would rather just say he did tactically as opposed to say to teams, oh, by the way, he's injured. So you can keep, you know, you can keep going at him if you want to. So there's that. But um, he also doesn't get forward as, as much. He wasn't giving Wilf a lot of support. And that's one of the things that's been really good for us in the last year or so with Mitchell's development has been his link-up play with Will from that left side and he doesn't get forward as much. I mean, I noticed yesterday, you know, he got forward, but he wasn't putting, you know, crosses in on getting balls forward. I mean, he was a great last week with the setup for the goal for Ezra with, with Will, but it doesn't, it hasn't happened enough. So I just think that, um, and honestly, uh, Vera just figured, you know, I'll try something different. And to his credit, again, Chris mentioned, Jairo has not played the entire season, does not want to play left-back. And yesterday, he was more than adequate. I would say borderline good yesterday as far as the left back. I mean, he got forward. He had a little some tricks and flicks. He was decent defensively. And he, you know, was helping out, you know, with our, you know, possession play, which 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 is a problem. Certain players on our, on our team get the ball, they lose it. You know, they don't know how to pass. Jairo can pass the ball. So I'm loving the fact we have an option left back now. And maybe that will, in, in turn, if he's not injured, will now push on Mitchell to play harder or play better. Yeah, I mean, I was very, very surprised to, to see it as well. And, and, you know, Patrick, you've pretty much covered everything there. Um, I, I would say, you know, we talked a little bit last week about Mitchell's struggles and, and, and where they, you know, they came about probably, I, hopefully coincidentally, after he got picked for England, um, you know, where I think expectations might have risen to some degree. You know, we're talking about, a, you know, an England international fullback and all of a sudden that, that really puts the spotlight on a player. And, you know, he has weaknesses in his game that he was steadily working on and, and, and maybe that, you know, there's been a bit of a knock to his confidence there and he hasn't got back in, a, in an England squad since. But look, it, it it's it's difficult. Um, but what, yeah, what he what he tried works pretty well. And I think what he was saying in in, in that was, was, again, as Patrick suggested, it's it was about getting our foot on the ball and, and trying to get that bit of, possession going because we were a little frantic and a little bit lost with our passing and I think that's you know something I would say Mitchell did in the game he gave the ball away quite a lot he never seemed completely relaxed in, in possession of a ball and I think weirdly that's something that's that's hindered 
uh, Gyro's career at Palace in the fact that he is so relaxed when you give him a ball. You know, yeah. it's 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 just natural to him. He's never going to panic. Um, he's going to take his time and he's going to play the right pass or whatever. And sometimes that loses you that bit of momentum. And sometimes being that relaxed and being that confident in your ability on the ball means you don't quite do the stuff off the ball that you need to do. And that's what's held him back the whole time he's been at Palace. But I, I kind of had this sneaky little feeling that if Gyro can push Mitchell and for you know at left-back for a few games, and let's say the next five games or so, Gyro starts at left-back, Come, you know, Mitchell coming back into things and, and winning that place back, you know, there's an argument Gyro would have built up enough momentum, enough first team minutes to really start looking again at that central midfield position. Because just like I talked about with Hughes, a a fully fit Gyro Riedeveld alongside Jake DeCore, you know, there's there's potential there as well. When you look at that skill set combined, there is potential there. But we've been talking about potential for Gyro for yeah. five, six years, haven't we? So yeah, it's it's a tough one. So anyway, um, moving on from that, um, I suppose we we did have one really good chance, and it was Edward who, who took it, and that shot. I think it went through the legs of the defender in the end, and and it was actually a really good little spin and shot. And I just wanted to bring it up because it's the, you know we talk about how bad <laughs> how bad Danny Ward is as a goalkeeper, but it's actually a really good save instinctively. So it always annoys me when uh when someone who is, uh, you know, someone pulls out their best against Palace. We've seen it a number of times over the years, usually with wonder goals and things like that. But, you know, I think in every other game this season, that goes in, in the goal, doesn't it? You know, um, but uh, but that was pretty much all I really felt like talking about in terms of the chances we created. And that's how bad I thought the game was. But I did want to move on from there to talk about something that's already been kind of hinted at in some of the things we've said already, which is... You know, I haven't really rounded on Vieira with any criticism this year, but I think when I look at the the first of all, all Jordan Ayew is getting lots of plaudits for his work rate um, and for how well he's been playing, and he has been playing pretty well. You know, absolutely on board with that. But we had a front line that was entirely ineffective, and. When you look at someone like Jordan, I, I I said some less kind things in the aftermath of the game, um, but I'm going to choose my words slightly more carefully. I think I used the phrase brain damage slug in relation to creativity, um, but I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say, in fact, um, you know, he's not, you know, when you look at Jordan, I use final pass in a game. Tell me if I'm wrong as well. Both of you can absolutely shoot me down, but I find too often when I'm looking at the build up play for Palace, we get into the final third. Often the, when the ball finds itself at Jordan Ayew's feet, he plays a safe option. And there's nothing wrong with playing a safe option regularly at all. In fact, sometimes absolutely the right thing to do to allow, allow you to change that angle of attack, allow you to find, knock it back to Anderson for a long diagonal, you know, switch the play, all those things. It's great to have a, a, a player who's prepared to take the simple pass rather than give it away continuously. And he always has a high pass percentage but I feel like we lose momentum. Do you remember, Patrick, um, our conversations about late period punch at Palace, where we were talking yeah. about how much we love punching, but now he slows things down? Yeah. I mean, That's how I feel. Became a, a, became a bugbear, didn't it? I mean, he was yeah. really good as a winger, and then he went inside and he just started to play the ball sideways and backwards. Listen, you're, you're not wrong. Um, 
the thing is, I just think if our midfield was firing better, that wouldn't become such an issue. But I totally yeah. understand where you're coming from because our midfield is so disjointed with, again, he's starting this player and then he puts in Schlupp and we don't use Jairo and Luca comes on and tries to do a job. It's just, it, you're right. The IU um, stuff becomes more magnified because you're like saying, you know, you're an attacking player, attack, you know, go forward, put that incisive pass. But that's... Never been his game. I hate to say it. I mean, I've I've watched I've known of Jordan Ayo for a long time. I was a big fan of his father, Betty Pele, so I knew him and his brother Andre really well. And I was glad when we got him. And he's done some great things for us. But again, his game, he's he's I know if you gave the sort of there was an interview he did in being in the air. He seemed, he actually thinks he's he's a striker still, which is probably why I put him a striker yesterday, by the way. But um <laughs> so he doesn't seem to have as a as a wide player or a midfielder. So passing the ball as a striker really isn't your forte, right? It's supposed to be scoring goals, which we can argue yeah. is not great at that either. But so I mean that's the thing. But again, I can never fault his effort, but Chris, you're not wrong. I would only add to that, I d I don't disagree with anything either of you have said, but just in terms of yesterday's game, I don't know who he would have been even if he'd had like a he'd all of a sudden done the passes that that we would all love to see him do it. Like who was there? Who was he passing to? Because exactly. nobody was ever in a position to collect it, you know. So like he would have been whipping balls in to absolutely nobody, um, and and that was a big part of yesterday. Like I feel like I normally come away from games, even like games we've had previously that have been really frustrating, really tough to take, and I can always find a positive and being like, mm, yeah, okay, but I can see this or I can see that. I came away from yesterday and just nothing seemed to work, <laughs> and I think that's what I'm struggling with, with kind of picking it apart, but. Then I think of like the Leeds game and actually like the periods in the Leeds game where we didn't play very well. We were talking about it in the chat, weren't we? And saying like, okay, this bit isn't a system thing. This is just the players not doing what they need to do. So how much mm. of what we saw yesterday is a continuation of, do we have an issue with our players not, you know, I don't know what the right kind of phrase is, not executing their jobs properly or, you know, not putting their effort in. Is, is there an issue there? I feel like we're all kind of, I'm myself included, quick to look at the system and quick to say like, oh, Vieira, what's going on here? But I don't know, how much do the, how much responsibility do those individual players need to take for these kinds of performances as well? Cara, that's a fantastic point. So I'm looking at the website now, um, Vieira's post-match comments. There was an opportunity to play four against two. Their two worked hard, yes, but we weren't brave enough to break that line and find a holding midfielder from defence. When we did find a holding midfielder, we didn't have the pass going forwards. We didn't break the lines today. We didn't take risks, and this is why we didn't create much in the second half. He knows, and I agree with him, 100% that was the issue. We did not take any chances, didn't break the lines. We did not get the ball forward enough. So what Chris said just now, you're 100% right, but that wasn't on, that wasn't tactical. That was a player's thing. The players have to do it. So Chris's point about Ayu is right. We have to be more forward-thinking. Yesterday was mm. atrocious in that way. It was so poor. But the manager, at least at the end of the match, let the players know it just wasn't good yeah. enough. Uh, but it's interesting because, you know, where I can link it back into Vieira and I can link it back into things like system and managerial decisions and game management right. is ultimately in the substitution. Now, a few, few people, yes. as we've talked about, piled in on Wilf, um, despite, as we've we've said, the fact that, you know, he was isolated and unsupported because people expect him to do everything on his own. Uh, far far too often again <laughs> still you know yeah, yeah. and we get it we get it that you can create something out of nothing but you can't rely on that in any player um you know look at look at city today day of recording i mean you know harland got got nothing 
um, and they lost a, they, you know, they lost the game. So you can't rely on any footballer to do it every single time. And and when you know when the manager to me makes a decision and he's saying, okay, things aren't working here. I'm looking at the pitch, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to take off Wilfred Zaha, um, and I'm going to leave on the pitch Jordan Ayew. Um, and and I'm supposed to look at that. Um, was it how many minutes into the game? Was it 64 minutes? It might it might have been later than that. It might have been 76. I'm trying to no, remember. It was, now. It was six, 60, 65 when Luce came on because I I noticed I told yeah. you before you only had eight touches, but it was 65 minutes. You're right, correct? Yeah. So I I look at that and I'm thinking, okay, well, straight away my brain is like, well, we've got no intention of winning this game. <laughs> Because you you can't you can't have any intention of winning that match because we all saw how the match was going. The only way we're winning that game is if somebody does something just out of the ordinary. Because everyone's playing like crap on both sides. It's a horrible game of football. We've all seen games like that plenty of times in our in our existence, and thankfully it hasn't been that often. You know, in in recent times under Vieira, so you know, plenty of credit for that. But to to look at that game in my view and think, I know best thing to do here is take Wolf off and I'm going to leave people, you know, uh, you know, there's a long list of people on that pitch who can thank, be very, very thankful. It wasn't them that went off. And and I don't understand it. I understand to some degree, like if you just, tr- maybe you're trying to baffle the opposition. I don't know. I, I but to me, it's just madness. You, you're basically sending out a message that you're not really interested in winning the game. And that seemed to, to basically come to fruition after that change you know we talked about it he mentioned it again there at least say eight touches Mateta five touches the game had gone when we made our changes we had absolutely nothing no momentum no creativity no forward thinking the game had absolutely fallen apart and when your changes make it worse um, you know you've got to own it and, and Vieira has to own that as well the players could have done better but the changes did nothing but make it worse so anyway, um, I, I you know I wanted to ha- highlight that the I felt the best players on the pitch. Um, I think Ezra is is really looking back to his best, and I think he tried it really really hard in this game. His passing was pretty good, uh, lots of touches, lots of lots of clever movement, but a fairly static team around him, which which you know didn't really help him stand out. And I know. Southgate was there watching and there was a lot of focus on Southgate watching Madison and things like that. But I genuinely think that Southgate was, was watching Ezra as well. Um, because we know, we know he was very, very close to an England squad. In fact, was in an England squad the you know, the day he got the Achilles injury. And I think we'll see him in, you know, in, in one, not too, not in, uh, not too distant future. I can't speak, but you know what I mean? He'll be in one soon. <laughs> That's tough, isn't it? We we got through it. Are you? I'm going to make you go for it again, though. Are you? Is that you? Is that you declaring that you think he's going to go and go to the World Cup? <laughs> I think it's difficult to make a make that change. <laughs> so so, but you know, there's stranger things have happened, haven't they? Um, you know, I don't I don't know what's the process for you naming a quite a big squad at first, and then you whittle it down, don't you? Right. Then you have standby it, yeah. people. I think I, I'm going to make a prediction. He'll be on. He might make the standby list. That's what I'm going to make a prediction. That is that is a massive shout, Chris. And I would agree with you in any other time except for one. Um, <laughs> he, Southgate does not like change. He's not going to be in a player who's never been in the squad before into even into a chance. Mm. And then 
if Gallagher had had been continued to play really poorly, I would say, you know, maybe take Gallagher's spot. But I think Gallagher might get back into the squad, which would be good for him. Mm. Again, muted by me on, on Twitter. But um, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> I mean, who knows? I mean, you might be right. I'd love him to make the World Cup squad. Would absolutely love it. But that mm. is a... I'd like to know if you could find out how much that is. Uh, if I was betting, I'd put, I'd put £10 on that right now, if, if I could. Hmm. Interesting. Worth a flutter, as they say. Worth a flutter. There you go. We'll see. We'll see how it pans out, you know. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I was thinking more future, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe, let's say, maybe a standby shout there. Um, Guaita, I thought, played really well. He's been questioned a lot lately. Um, made some good saves. Handling was pretty decent. Um, you know, what do you, I, I suppose, both of you really, and you can, you can pick who goes first. What do you make of him this season so far? I know he's come up a few times in our various chats. Um, on various formats around from back of the nest, but you know, let's let's get some opinions on it now after he's had a a noticeably good game, or at least in my opinion. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm not going to lie. I think one of the things that we don't mention enough, or we probably only mention it actually when he's not played, is the amount of security and confidence he gives our defensive players. Like they don't worry about what's going on behind them when um when he's in goal. They don't have any kind of um, you don't see that kind of, I don't know the right phrases, but the the kind of wobbles that I think we get when we've got any of our other keepers at the back. And I think in a game like yesterday, to have kept a clean sheet when everything else was falling apart, yes, we had some like decent defensive um, uh, performances as well. But I think it goes underrated how much like Gator really keeps them together in those kind of backs against the wall situations. Um, and I think we would really, really miss that very quickly if we were to see him kind of um, moving on from the club in any kind of long-term way. I think, I mean, Patrick, I've noticed you've got a little shirty with him sometimes in some of your comments. No, I'm actually, I'm also a very big fan of his. Not Speroni-like, mm. uh, but I do like him. But this is the thing, Chris. I, we have Sam Johnston now and, much I like Butland. I think Johnson's a very good goalkeeper. And he's actually, his forte is shot-stopping, much like Vicente. He's just bigger than Vicente. Having said that, he played really well yesterday. Um, I've never actually called for him to be, well, I might have done it a couple of times on Twitter. I'll take that back. Um, to be called as a starting <laughs> keeper. So I'll take that back. I've definitely tweeted that we might want to change. But no, I'm a, I'm a massive fan of his. Uh, having said that, if Johnson was to come in, I think Johnson could do a, as good a job. His distribution is not great, and I think that's what kind of um, worries me. Did you guys watch the Liverpool Man City game today? I didn't see very much of it. I watched a little okay. bit. Did you see the goal by Salah? Um, no. I, I saw it was an assist by Allison, but I didn't see exactly. how. Exactly, and I'm not. I am not saying that Guardiola should be doing that. But my point is, there are players like Edison and Allison. Distribution is just pick for two. It's phenomenal. And I know VG is never going to be at that level, but that worries me about him. Is distribution? Having said that, it hasn't really. Brighton last year, it did obviously, but it hasn't really cost us in a game. But no, I'm a big fan of his. And I hope he, you know, he, again, he played great yesterday. This is what his second clean sheet with the Newcastle away. So, no credit to him. Mm. But like I said, I just, I you know, we have a very capable backup, much more than we ever have in the past. You know, no offense to Jack Butler. So, if Johnson comes in, I'm happy, I'm happy to see him in there uh, just as much. But no, I'm a big way to fan. Okay, good stuff. No, it was, it was really nice to see him put in a performance like that. You know, he's always been a, such a positive person and it was always really bought into the the whole palace family ethos and he's you know he's um got that little sort of 
crazy edge that great goalkeepers do have. And he's been wonderful for us. And it's gone really quick, his career at Palace. You know, it, yeah, he's what, is he 34, I guess, now? Um, 35. 35. So it yeah. just seems to have, you know, those those few years just seem to have, have, have rushed by. And he's, you know, he's played a hell of a huge, huge part in our recent history and, and you know, really still a, a wonderful goalkeeper. So, I, you know, I did a little bit of bit of a worry recently, but if he's still capable of performances like that, I think, you know, Johnson's going to have to fight really, really hard um, to, to get in ahead of him. Um, so, yeah, uh, just before we move on from that, any other performances either want to want to highlight, either positive or negative? No. I mean, not really. <laughs> No, just no. It's so depressing. I mean, is that, was, is that yeah, just, exactly. What's the real game you pick out? Anybody? That's a real. <laughs> that's a real. Stop <laughs> making me talk about this game, Chris. For God's exactly. sake, we can all see on. you've got you've got three more things written on your page, and we don't want to talk about them. So just let me go. You know. Um, so yeah, yeah. Look, to be fair. We've we've covered we've covered one of them, and uh, and at least we didn't lose. Was my positive at the end of it. Um, and I think Patrick, you even mentioned, you know, the the yellow card situation. I just wanted to make sure that that was that was covered a little bit because I did feel that 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 impacted the game very negatively. Um, you know, Anderson taking that early yellow card. I'm not sure. You know, it's one of those sort of fifty fifty. Was it the right call to to sort of go with the professional foul type thing um, so early on in the game, or just you know let that situation play out? But you know, he. he he took the yellow card and the curé is picking him up regularly, as you say, because the amount of work he's having to get through, yeah. but it's, you know, we're seeing it happen to the curé all the time. He, he gets that yellow card and you just know it's only a matter of time before we take him off because he's, he's, you know, I think he's a brilliant, brilliant player. And I really like the fact that even if he gets caught on the ball, he, he absolutely kills himself to get it back straight away. But it is a massive risk. You know, it's been there were a couple of times against Leeds, a couple of times more than that that I've uh, seen this season where that he's been within a matter of probably millimetres of being sent off versus making a really great last-ditch tackle whilst on a yellow card. And you just think, that I could totally understand Luca coming on and, and, you know, in the end it's it's ended up being for the for the right reasons so uh, yeah i i just felt that that was a massive impact on our game having those two players who would do so much good defensive work on a yellow card so early really did restrict how we could play i just wanted to add to what you both said about um Dukure because the more pressure we keep putting on him and 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 therefore putting him in this situation where he is going to get yellows the more that's just going to be all the team wants to do from the first moment they get on the pitch against us right like they're just going to be on him on him on him to try and get that yellow card as early as possible knowing that you're then just going to take him off so it kind of we just continually there's nothing but weakening ourselves by by carrying on with that because we're never going to get a settled midfield all the while that that's the that's the way it's playing out and one more point. Um, I thought refereeing yesterday was very poor in general. I really did. But shout out to, I don't remember who the referee was. I don't really care. I think it was Andy Madley. It was Andy Madley. Um, that dive by Madison at the end of the match was embarrassing. Mm. And thank goodness yeah. he did not call it um, a penalty and or VR, the, the VAR because that was so, so poor. And he gave me a lot of cop for diving. But that was, that's the kind of play. I bet if it happens against Liverpool, they actually do call the penalty. But if Leicester's so poor right now, they're like, yeah, they're not getting that. But, that was embarrassing by Madison yesterday. He should be ashamed of himself. 
It was really bad. I hope, yeah, I th- I hope I... you blocked him on Twitter because of it, Patrick. Probably <laughs> have. Probably have. <laughs> the hundred plus so that I've blocked so far to add it to my list. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, it was. It, you're right. It was, a, it was a terrible dive. But like, you know, the the, the game itself, um, you know, it, it that kind of sums it up. Really, that kind of ridiculousness of of that whole situation really sums up the game. That you, you know, we so little to talk about. So little, really. It's a miracle we've done as long as we have. Frankly, it is. Um, so I think we'll probably leave it there. Um, but look, there was a, there was a lot to. To, to get into and we'll we'll cover some of the comments that came in about the game as well now and um you know obviously i'll ask for for views from from the pair of you as we as we go through these but we won't spend too long doing it um because we've got our lives to get to but barry anderson on a on our facebook page talked about the strikers said our strikers are not much cop rely on zaha too much if he goes we'll be stuffed yeah well that's next season isn't it so um it says we we need to get some we seem to get cheap in buy quality strikers and you get a decent return. No cheap or loans or free transfers. Don't do it for me. I'm afraid. And well, I'll, I'll take that one for a start, which is, it's a lovely, really easy thing to say, isn't it? It's a, such an easy thing to say, buy a quality striker, right. but how difficult is it? A lot of the kind of best strikers in the premier league that have sort of been in our price range, I've really been people taking punts on people and, and getting a little bit lucky or taking a, a long time and developing a player. I mean, look, one of the most impressive strikers this year is Ivan Tony, right? So, right. Um, you know, Newcastle Brentford. <laughs> say again? So Newcastle didn't want. Yeah, Newcastle didn't want him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, a, for for us, it's difficult. We're in that horrible position of being a Premier League side and being an established Premier League side. And, but not being able to shop at the, the table where you're paying 40 or 50 million pounds for a striker. And look at the 40 or 50 million pound strikers that people have been getting. I mean, you know, um, West Ham have tried four to four or five times and finally got one that looks decent in, the, in that price range. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, you know, so I, I can't see what, what we're going to do there. You know, we are going to have to shop at the table that we're shopping at. And and hope either we bring somebody through who can score the goals, but you know Mateta can put the ball in the net. You know, Edward can put the ball in the net, but at Premier League level, it's a really tough thing to do on a consistent basis. If you haven't got a tremendous team of international footballers, world class international footballers around you, because look at, I mean, I, I pick out is it something like Zaha? Is something like I don't know fifth? In, in a certain number of Premier League matches in terms of goal scorers. Like, I can't remember. Like, he is, you know, he is up there in terms of scoring rate in recent times with with some with majority of strikers around at other clubs. It's only a few notably huge names that score loads of goals on a consistent basis. Um, but it's tough. It's really tough to find them out there. And, and I'd say, Barry, that is a good point. If we could go out there and get a guaranteed quality striker but it's guaranteed quality striker who's going to work in our system and that's the hard part and and, you know you spend your 40 or 50 million on that and it doesn't work or they get injured it's kind of that's the end of it for you and you might as well give up I'd add to that as well and I think it speaks to kind of the rest of that that thread uh the conversation that happens on that thread is that I can't think of 
a transfer window recently where we've only been looking for one position. So it's not like yeah. we have a big budget that we can spend on one or two players. Like we're always filling quite a few gaps or trying to fill quite a few gaps. So, you know, I, I don't see that changing anytime soon. I think the reliance is going to be more and more on those academy players coming back, bringing people back off loan, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, as much as we'd all like to see it, I, I'm, I'm not sure that we are going to see any kind of big, costly um, star striker coming in. Um, I just don't think that's the way that the club is is being run or is going to be looking forward. No, and we haven't we haven't spent you know peanuts on players either. It's you know the the strikers we have brought in. You know, Edward wasn't cheap at all. Um, and look, uh, you know, you want to tell me what's the most pressing need in our team? It isn't. It isn't a striker. You know, it's not this season anyway. Um, right now. It's the full-back positions and central midfield. Um, and as you say, Cara, that's multiple positions on a limited budget. Um, and you're fighting with everybody else at the same level. So it's a really tough one. But, you know, I think on, on the, the wonderfully named Droopy McCall um, said, most of the strikers, forwards or wingers we brought in the past 10 years don't get better or develop. They seem to be worse after their palace stint is over. Bizarre. And it's like, I think you could probably make that statement at most other clubs. You know, certainly at our level and, and and around that kind of area, where it's you just you're just effectively recycling similar types of players and and in similar types of circumstances, you're trying to pick people at the the kind of peak of their powers, and you know it's it's an odd one. I disagree with that comment though, because you know the most of the players we buy attacking players are moving up, stepping up from the lower divisions, and I would argue Ezra and Alisa have gotten better since we got them, not worse. So there's that. So you cut out a little bit there, Patrick, but you're right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Ezra and Elisa are players that have improved already. Um, you know, you go you go back a little further than that and you think of of the explosion of, of Yannick Bellassi uh, as a Palace player. Um, you know, we brought him for 200k and sold him for like 27 million or something, you know. That's a player who got better. Yeah, I get the point he fell off a cliff after he went to Everton, but... You know that's that's kind of neither here nor there. It's um, there's plenty of players that have that have improved. And don't anyway, get I mean, loan players Punchin as well. Wasn't young, sorry, Punching wasn't young, and he got better when he got mm. to Palace. Sorry, sorry, Cara, but you know what I mean. So he was another one that came on and was brilliant for us. For uh, kept us up with the goals that he scored that year. You know, scored in the cup final. I mean, he de- he wasn't young, but he definitely didn't get worse at Palace than he was before he came to us. So. Yeah, and I, all I was going to say is don't forget loan players. Like we have a really really good record of loan players coming to us and developing really well and I know the nature of developing loan players different than ones you're buying but it's just because they're more expensive players and that's why we're getting them on loan and we're not buying them <laughs> so you know yeah, exactly. it's kind of the way it goes <laughs> I still think Scott Sinclair should have stayed with us anyway um let's move on um uh a couple of comments just to read out um Richard Evans said that at least Reedaval played, which obviously we covered, and that was uh, that was yeah. something that I very much felt myself. Uh, Lucy got in touch and said must win on Tuesday, which we'll very quickly talk about in a sec. Um, Tom Rado got in touch, talked about the game in general, said we had the right personnel, which not necessarily agree with that, but uh, but he did say something I did agree with, which is that there's no runs in behind, no gambles, and that's what we needed. Um, we just chose not to play the passes, and he doesn't really understand why, and, and I think that's a fair comment. Yeah. Um, 
Daniel Babington Brown said, "Let's hope we don't perform like that too often this season," and that was very disappointing. Which I think is worth noting because we haven't really played that badly <laughs> very often. And it's as I said, it's the, the least entertaining game for for Palace under Patrick Vieira, in, in my opinion. So I kind of count my blessings that that it's an aberration rather than something we see every week. Um, you know, Paul Foster felt everybody was below par today, and Gyra was our best player. Uh, Matt Watson called it a disappointing performance, looked messy and disjointed. The passing was poor, complete lack of cohesion, gave away too much possession. The only positive was that we got a point onto the next game, um, yeah. echoing some of my words there as well. And Richard Evans has also pointed out that he felt that Leicester did actually stop us playing the game that we wanted to. Um, or he said, or oh, there could be some other reasons why we're having a bad day. And I think that's generous, Richard in all honesty, and I'm sure you get that from, from what we said today, because certainly Patrick Vieira didn't think it was down to Leicester stopping us playing. He certainly felt it was down to um, how we performed ourselves. I'd, I'd so, say on that yeah. as well, I don't think I don't think Leicester thought they achieved that. Like, So my sister lives in Leicester, and she said to me today, like, hold on a minute, so what was the score? She said, because I spoke to you, and you said like uh, Palace were terrible, and I've spoken to my friends in Leicester, and they said Leicester was terrible. So like, it must have been a good game for someone. And I was like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally, you've literally just set up uh, the game there. <laughs> that, is, uh, that is brilliant. That, I lo- sometimes you get the biggest truth from somebody who doesn't really follow football. Yep. You know, how could if if it was you know, somebody asking that question? Oh, if 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 your team was terrible and they say their team was terrible, what the hell happened? Someone must have been good. No, no, you'd think that, wouldn't you? You'd think you'd think that there couldn't possibly be two teams playing appallingly and boring the hell out of you. Welcome to football. Um, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So look, we've got Wolves coming up. I'll get a quick word from from each of you and just a quick summary of what do you think we need to do going into the game. But you know, um, obviously Wolves um, fresh off the back of a one nil victory over Forest uh, in, under interim manager Steve Davis. Not the snooker player. That would be crazy. It's not him. <laughs> it's um, it's just it's the other guy. One of the other guys. I think there's a few Steve Davises. But anyway, that uh, that one, the football one. Um, but they also, you know, potentially were looking at Nuno coming back and now apparently he's not the favourite. We'll see what they do. But, um, you know, a team in, in flux started poorly this year, um, not had the difficult fixtures that we've had for sure. Um, but coming off the back of a 1-0 victory, um, maybe they will have a bit of momentum. Maybe that changed. Palace will tend to get teams shortly after they've changed managers and things like that. But, you know... I suppose the question, starting with you, Patrick, what do we do differently against Wolves? I think you go back to the uh, Alise, Eza and Decore midfield. Um, uh, leave Ayu, Wilf and Edward up top and then go with that. Um, back four is the back four. Um, and just try to to ball dominate. I mean, Wolves do not press the way other teams press. I mean, Dean and I did a preview. Please check it out on YouTube. Um, if you can, um, about the Wolves match. And um, we talk about, you know, how dangerous Neves can be. So you got to negate him. But my only, my real issues are uh, the fullbacks. And they have um, Daniel Podence on one side attacking and you've got um, Adama Traore. I fear for Joel Ward again on Tuesday a lot mm-hmm. because they're very skillful and very good. Um, having said that, I mean, D pointed out that last year, arguably our two best performances last year were against Wolves away and Wolves at home. So we beat them last year twice. So I'm hoping that we can play as well at home and um, beat them comfortably. How about yourself, Cara? I don't Cara? have anything. 
Yeah, I don't have anything to disagree with on that. Personnel-wise, I totally agree with Patrick. I think the the only thing I'd add would be like when we've played really well, you can see the players are loving playing their football. And that's just not what we've seen over the last couple of games. So I think regardless of kind of who the personnel is, something has got a switch switch on or or the negative stuff switch off um for the players over these kind of couple of days going into the Wolves game that like go out there and 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 do that kind of what was becoming associated with Vieira's management style that he could you know bring out this confidence in players to to be creative and to to kind of use the space and um and enjoy it and I know that feels like a really kind of soft thing to say but that's definitely what's been missing from our last couple of performances so however however they uh, they make that happen. I would say that's that's what needs to change to get get some results going again. Yeah, I think the only thing I would I would say is I I don't have like really strong feelings about you know about which lineup starts the game so much. I just want to see us. I'd like us to look at the Wolves game as an opportunity to sort of introduce a bit a little bit more unpredictability. You know, there's a there's a danger. You know, this is one of the things that you know a manager has always got to be mindful of. You know, when they're when they've got a philosophy and they're getting their team used to it. Last year, we were something of an unknown quantity under Vieira for quite a while. And teams took a little while to work us out, and then over the summer, we actually did a really sensible thing, which was develop a different way of playing that we could switch to, which is the the back. You know, the the three at the back. Um, just give us a different option, and that was really with a with a view to playing against the bigger teams. But we gave ourselves that kind of flexibility, and I thought that was really good thinking. Uh, I think we slightly failed in getting all the players to to enable us to switch as often as we could and to play as well as we could in that situation. So I think we're we're aware of this, but I think we've just become a little bit one note, a little bit one paced at times. You know, I I haven't seen too many lightning fast breaks um you know when we do manage to do it take the goal against Leeds. it's you know that's just that's quality passing and directness and we didn't actually do it very much against Leeds, but when we did it properly you know we we scored a tremendous goal so i actually think it's all about the changes i think we you know we play the game like we want to play the game but i'd like to see us get to you know that that hour mark and, and if we're not comfortably winning that game I think get some unpredictability. I'd like to see Malcolm Ibuwe. I'd like to see him on the pitch for, you know, 30 minutes minimum uh, on the right side, allowed to run and just run at players. Just say, get on there. Don't worry. Give the ball away as much as you're flipping well like. Just get up and down that flank. Put them under pressure. You know, go one way, go the other. Get them. Put put the put the full back on the floor, and just try and inspire a bit of a bit of passion and a bit of unpredictability. You know the old the, the Palace way that we sometimes talk about. And I'm going to be careful saying that because I don't want to talk about things like the Spurs way or the West Ham way. But you know what I mean that that pacey, tricky winger thing that that can snap us out of it. Um, you know, we're not in crisis, but but that's that's what I want us to see us do differently. Let's use those subs. Let's chuck a couple of young players on and tell them to be unpredictable. Tell them to do what comes naturally. You know, stick JK on. Tell him to get a goal. You know, that that's all I want. Just a little bit of excitement, a little bit of something different. And I think that could be the catalyst for the for the rest of the season if we're lucky. So I'll leave it there. Thank you very much to Patrick and to Cara for their time today. Thank you for. You know, everybody who listened to the show and in particular those of you who got in touch um, you know read out 
a bit there. Not all of it. Got plenty more than that. And um, we used that to kind of structure the show, uh, which really helped me earlier on write it in about half an hour. So thank you very much for that. Um, so the preview team will, of course, be back with you in midweek. And they'll be looking at the Wolves game that's played on, on Tuesday night this week, as well as looking ahead to the weekend game against Everton. Obviously, get yourselves onto YouTube watching all the stuff that Patrick D and Stan and T and, and everybody's doing over there. And um, yeah, just, just you know, till then, thank you. And come on, you Palace! <laughs>That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.